brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. This is a show about opening up the often mysterious world of how doctors think. The goal? To empower the listener to gain access to the best health care possible. Welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. That's me. I'm Dr. Paul Anderson coming you today from Anderson Medical Specialty Associates here in Seattle, Washington, a clinic dedicated to the care of people with chronic illnesses and cancer. And we've been doing a series uh, of uh, different topics going through what we would call, you know, patient histories or case histories or stories um obviously when we when we go through these and we we do them we we take out anything that might identify a person but we we talk about how these things that we speak about in in the shows um play out in in real life and uh, in the uh uh health of people that we're working with so Yesterday, or yesterday, it seemed like yesterday, last week on the radio program, we, we had a great interview. Um, Cameron Steele from the CTR radio interviewed me about autoimmunity, and we had, that was our intro to autoimmunity, and we're going to do two shows about it. So today I want to pick up on some of the topics that we came up with um, last time, and uh merge a couple of things. One is uh, some of the topics that uh, Cameron was interviewing me about, and the other is some uh, some questions that some people have uh, given to me that, that they heard that one and they, they wanted me to go a little bit deeper into some discussion about autoimmunity. So just to kind of recap, in case you didn't hear that last show or you you know don't uh, aren't familiar with the idea um the the simplest way to think about being autoimmune or the body having autoimmunity is most of us are familiar with the concept of us having an immune system which is a uh, a positive thing so that's why we don't get sick right so we're all exposed to bacteria and viruses and fungus and things all day long and the reason that they don't become a problem most of the time is that 
our native immunity, our own immune system gets into the act and uh, blocks them from either getting in the body or kills them, you know, that sort of thing. So the immune system has a number of different pieces to it, but it's there to keep stuff out and attack bad guys. So autoimmunity, as the name kind of says, is where your own immune system decides part of you is a bad guy. And so it's uh, it's kind of in the range of things like allergy where it shouldn't be happening, uh, but it does. So what does it look like when people have autoimmunity and what, you know, what sort of things happen? Um, you know, what's your doctor do for you when you have autoimmunity and, um, and, and what is the kind of natural progression of things? And, and one of the things to keep in mind is that there's lots and lots of different types of autoimmunity. So if you think of this basic idea that it's your immune system going after a piece of you, then there could be almost as much autoimmunity as there are parts of you uh, to go around, and that indeed is true. Now, autoimmune conditions that people hear about a lot, so the ones that you maybe have you know, had more uh, exposure to, either you know someone with it or you've heard of it, uh, would be things such as multiple sclerosis, sometimes just shortened to MS. Uh, and this is an autoimmune attack on uh, parts of the nerves and nervous system. There's also uh, common things uh, such as lupus. Uh, lupus is uh, an autoimmune attack in various parts of the body that can land in different places, such as the skin and the joints and even internal organs. Then there's a, a very common type of uh, autoimmunity that is uh, called thyroiditis. It's where your thyroid has an autoimmune attack on it, literally where the immune system gets very confused and thinks that uh, pieces of your thyroid are the enemy. And so it starts to beat up your thyroid, and then the thyroid gets usually slower and slower. Now, there's one kind of thyroid autoimmune condition where the thyroid goes faster, but most of the ones where the thyroid's affected, the thyroid slows down, you get hypothyroid. Then there's other uh, autoimmune uh, situations such as uh, there's one called a mixed connective tissue disease. Literally, the, the tissue in your body that holds you together becomes inflamed. There's things like rheumatoid arthritis. That's where the immune attack is on the lining of the joints, the literally the synovial membranes, the lining of the joint. And if you can imagine, you know, uh, if you've ever had arthritis or had someone complain about arthritis, that's joint inflammation. Um, this is a very severe kind of joint inflammation, which actually can uh, disfigure the joint uh, if uh, if it's allowed to progress on. And so, uh, that's, that's sort of some of the big autoimmune conditions. There's many, many others as well. Um, but because what we want to do here is talk about, um, stories or cases, uh, things that really happen in real life, um, what we want to think about is when you have autoimmunity, the first things that you need to think about beyond symptom control and symptom control is extremely important but when you go in and they're treating you for autoimmunity 
Usually, there's two groups of treatments that are given in standard medicine. One is going to be symptom control for pain or other symptoms. So that might be a pain medicine, a pain management strategy, that sort of thing. It could be something like controlling other symptoms, certain uh, of the autoimmune conditions or, for instance, associated with uh, poor sleep. So they might treat uh, your, you for your poor sleep as well. So those are symptomatic treatments. The other kind are literally um, immunologic treatments or immune system treatments. And you think, well, okay, so if autoimmunity is the immune system going bad and attacking me, then um, wouldn't it be good to try and slow the immune system down? And, and in the big picture, that sounds like a great idea. In in the other side of the big picture, though, if we slow your immune system down too much, uh, what else might happen? And that might be that our immune system goes too slow and so it allows us to take on some infections that we shouldn't have got otherwise. So we have about 10 minutes till our first break, and I wanted to uh, share a, a case that's common that we see um, not infrequently nowadays that we have these new immune therapies. So I think this is a good way to illustrate those. And so we had somebody um, actually who had one of these issues go on and they wrote in and they said, uh, you know, I see that you're going to be talking about autoimmunity for a few weeks uh, and you know about my case. Would you please share how the first treatment that I was given for my autoimmune condition created the other problems with my immune system allowing too many infections in. And so, sure, I will do that. And this could be any number of people. As I said, this is a very common thing. So if you ever wonder, you you know, you listen to or you watch these commercials and you see a drug advertised for, say, a particular condition, especially some of the autoimmune condition drugs, and at the end it will say um, something like, uh, if you have an active infection, do not take this drug. If you are prone to getting this infection, do not take this drug. If you've been to a place where uh, hepatitis or tuberculosis is common, do not take this drug. Well, why why do they say these things? Well, this um, case story is of a patient who had an autoimmune condition, and they were given a particular type of drug that is... Very commonly given in uh, autoimmune cases because what it does is it goes and it blocks a particular part of the immune system that triggers some of the attack in the autoimmunity. And remember, that's a two-edged sword because it's good in that it can cut down on the symptoms of the autoimmune condition. It's bad in that when you cut down on those symptoms, you might be cutting down on some of the uh, the surveillance and the natural immunity that you might otherwise have. So in that respect, what happened in this case was the person uh, came in and they had their underlying autoimmune disease and it was pretty well controlled. But they said, you know, um, I, I would like to make sure I'm, you know, as healthy as possible. And I know this medication can make it so that I don't know if, you know, maybe I have an infection or other things. So can you please check on that and just see if there's anything else you can do for me to help me? 
um, in maintaining my health as best possible. And so we said, sure, that's what we do. And so knowing that this person was on this particular type of immune-blocking drug, uh, among other things, we, we checked out things like the thyroid function and their anemia and all of those things, and that, those were important. But while we were doing it, we checked some of the more common uh, infections that people will get when they're on these medications. And instead of having one infection that was active, this person, because they were on this immune-blocking drug, actually, and they didn't feel any of these infections because that's how good the drug is, they actually had one fungal infection, two bacterial infections, and two viral infections that were active all at the same time. So when you think about this, you think, well, now that doesn't sound very good either. Um, well, that was why they had come in. They they were they were curious, and they also wanted to make sure if that was going on that they did something about it. Now, one of the problems is that <clears throat> I said that these medications are a two-edged sword. This person, their primary autoimmune symptoms were very well controlled on the medication because the immune system was being blocked. The downside of it was that while their immune system was being blocked, it allowed all of these other infections in that were starting to build and build and build in their body. And they were starting to actually have some complications from the infections. So this led to the next discussion, and this comes up in the second part of the email that this uh, patient sent, and they said, so once you talk about the um, infections that I had generated because of that medication, uh, I'd like you to, to relay the discussion that we had about how the infections were not just on their own, but they were also uh, aggravating to my autoimmunity. So... In a sense, while I was taking care of my symptoms, my underlying disease was actually getting worse. So what they're talking about here in this part of their question is literally that infections that are chronic and active also are like fuel to the fire of this autoimmune syndrome that occurs. Meaning, if you have current infections, they will stimulate chemistry in your body that stimulates your autoimmune disorder. So, as I said, the person feels good because their symptoms are controlled, but their underlying disease may go on and on and may actually be aggravated because now they don't have autoimmunity. They have an immune reaction against bad infections that they have picked up. So the third part of this person's email, and I'm really glad that they asked the third part, was uh, can you describe what we did over the next year and a half? And so keep in mind it was a year and a half. Well, when we when we got all this data together, we showed the patient and they said, wow, well, and I don't want to take that medicine anymore. And what we said was, well, that's a good goal, but you don't want to go off of certain medications quickly because your body can kind of rebound. And when your body rebounds, sometimes you, you'll get other symptoms that will come along. So they said, okay, how do we go about getting me off of this medicine because I really don't want to be on it? Well, the the protocol that we ensued was in a few steps. The first thing was was to generally build up their body so that their body would be in good shape to handle 
uh, the stress that the autoimmunity was creating. So that included getting good nutrients in, antioxidants, all of those goodies we've talked about nutritionally. Then the next thing was we had to kill all of these virus, bacteria, and fungus that the person had picked up. And so that actually required a multi-step plan. And if you go back and listen to the old shows about infections, what you know is we we will use both uh, prescription and then herbal things and nutrient things to kill infections. So we did all of that kind of together. We used uh, antiviral and antibiotic and antifungal medications and then some uh, broad spectrum sorts of anti-infective herbs and other things. So we did that over about a three-month Month period and started beating back these infections and eventually we got them cleared out over about a six or eight month period. And then when we saw that the infections were finally quieted down, what we basically did was said to the person, okay, now that we don't have the infections active, we can safely start to work on getting you off of this medication. So then comes the, you know, kind of the third part of the whole procedure, which is we've gotten rid of the infections. We've got the body generally prepared uh, to deal with the autoimmunity. And now we need to do something that's going to kind of take the place of the medication. Now, one of the things that we found over time is, although they don't work um, as immediately and as uh, magnificently as some of these drugs, there are some natural things, uh, things from nature, that give you similar modulation of the immune system, but they don't suppress it like the like the big drugs do. So you can modulate the immune system without the chance of the uh, infections flaring up again. So how does that work? Well, in her case, uh, this particular patient who's asking these questions, we used a, a combination of things, one being curcumin. Curcumin is a, a very potent immune modulator. We used uh, a plant from uh, Asia, the wormwood plant, the artemisia part of the wormwood plant. Um, and we used a few other things that we added on to those basic nutritional things we were doing. And we were able to get them, wean them off of the drug, and they remain to this day a number of years later off of the drug and with stable disease, meaning they're not flaring up and then they're also not fueling their disease anymore because they don't have those active infections fueling the autoimmunity. So those are, we're coming up against the break here in just a, just a moment, but that is uh, kind of our first example from the world of uh, case medicine about the modern immune modulating drugs and they're sometimes what we call the darker side and the negative effects they can have and what we can do about it. Well, we're ready to take a break and we'll be right back. Anderson Medical Specialty Associates is the clinic that Dr. Anderson founded to provide high-quality, integrative medical care to those with cancer and chronic illnesses. In over 20 years of work with this patient population and research into the best practices for treatment, this clinic provides the highest level of care. 
Their focuses include all types of cancer, autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis and lupus, as well as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and chronic infections such as Lyme and Lyme-like illness. Their only goal is to help each person find the best path to health for their individual needs. Located in Seattle, Washington, visit the clinic website, www.amsa1.com or call the clinic at 206-629-2186. Welcome back to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. That's me, Dr. Paul Anderson, coming to you from Anderson Medical Specialty Associates here in Seattle, Washington. And we have, uh, we've always had a website. We have a new uh, web address to make it easier for you to find us. It's cancerandchronicdisease.com, cancerandchronicdisease.com. That gets you right here to uh, our web address. And you can uh, go on there and look at our clinic and what we do and uh, the different physicians who work here and staff members. It's it's, uh, a lot of fun. And there's also links to these shows there. So it's a lot of of good things you can find on cancerandchronicdisease.com. So today we're talking about patient stories. Uh, we, we have patients that know that we do these, uh, uh, the radio show and then it gets turned into a podcast and sometimes they'll send me an email and say, Hey, when you talk about, you know, my problem, um, I'd like you to use my story because I think it's uh, a worthwhile story to share. And so in the first uh, section of the show, we shared one about uh, a young person who had an autoimmune problem that uh, the symptoms were being well taken care of by a mo- one of the modern immune blocking drugs, but turned out that they had collected a bunch of infections and had a bunch of side effects. So we talked about uh, ways to get rid of the infections and then get them on to a different type of a medication. Well, we had uh, another, um, this is another common thing that we see, and you actually see this in the, I mentioned before in the first section, these, um, uh, you know, radio and television commercials, even the print commercials that you read for these drugs for autoimmunity. And, uh, you know, so I saying you hear if, look, if you've got this kind of infection, uh, don't take this drug, or if you get the flu, don't take this drug, or, you know, if you've been to a place that has tuberculosis or something, don't take this drug. So you think, hmm, why would they not want me to take the drug? Well, it's because of the weakening of the immune system. But this next patient uh, who wrote in, uh, again, sadly, this is a very common thing as well. You also hear about this in those uh, radio and TV commercials, and then you read it on the print ads. And that is um, in some people, you know, there's usually a statement that says in uh, some patients taking this medication, uh, they developed a certain type of cancer uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you think, oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know if that would be a good trade-off. Now, normally with these immune type drugs, the chance of developing different types of cancer is increased. It's not increased as much as the chance of developing a, uh, an infection or two is like our first case that we talked about. But, um, we, 
regularly see patients because we do both chronic diseases and cancer who have cancer that was triggered by an immune drug that they were taking for a non-cancer purpose. So in this case, um, we were, we were talking earlier about people with, uh, you know, joint type, uh, uh, autoimmunity, like for example, rheumatoid arthritis is a common one and there's, there's other ones as well. Uh, so the person who wrote in, uh, that wanted me to share their story said, um, you know, you know, just don't use my name, but feel free to share the story. Well, this person had a autoimmune condition that was affecting the joint, so it's quite painful. And of course, nobody wants to be in pain. We don't want our patients in pain. I don't want to be in pain. You know, no one likes pain. So, um, w- when you're looking at a chronic pain problem that's driven by your immune system, so that means it's not likely to go away on its own, you'll try just about anything. Well, unfortunately, this person who wrote in and asked me to tell their story was one of that percentage of people who, after about two years on the medication, developed a uh, type of cancer. And it's the type of cancer that's common with this type of uh, medication. And so they came to see us after they had been diagnosed with the cancer. And so the first meeting we said, well, okay, I see that you have this autoimmune joint disease and you got that. And then I see that you've been diagnosed with this type of cancer. Yes, yes to both. Okay, uh, were you on one of these immune type medications and did they believe that was the trigger for your cancer? And yes to that one as well. And they were on a particular type of uh, immune blocking medication. So then the next question, which is the saddest one usually is, was that medication working? And, and of course it was. It was really helping with the pain of the condition that they were treating. Uh, and then, you know, the next question is, so what did the, uh, what did the doctors say, you know, as far as what you're supposed to do? And this is always the same answer. They, they said, well, you have to go off of the immune medication because it appears that the cancer is related to the immune medication. Uh, and so we want you to go off of that. And that, of course, makes total sense. Uh, and then, of course, the next thing, which is equally as sad, is, all right, so how is the original disease? How's that going? Uh, and, of course, the answer almost always is, well, all of the pain has come back. Uh, the disease is back to where it was when we started. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you can do anything for me to help with the cancer, but if you could help me with the original, you know, the pain and all that from the disease, because they've said, well, since I got cancer, I can't take this drug anymore. And we say, yep, that's, that's the case. You don't want to take that drug if you have cancer. Because what happens, each drug works a little bit differently, but basically the reason that the pain and stuff goes away with the autoimmune condition in the joints is that the drug goes and makes the immune system not able to see the joint so it doesn't attack it. Well, one of the problems is is that when your immune system is trying to look for cancer, the cancer often puts off chemistry that makes it so that the immune system doesn't see the cancer and then you uh, have the cancer grow without knowing it. 
So the problem that occurs, of course, is that you have this uh, drug that is blocking the immune system from seeing things. And if one of those things is early cancer cell development, then you have more cancer. So... In this person's case, uh, that, that was our, that was our next goal. Now, of course, it's always, um, you know, in our first patient that we talked about, we had time because they didn't have cancer. They had infections. So we could treat the infections and get rid of them and then take them off of the immune medication. In this case, of course, they have to go off the immune medication right away. And the reason uh, for that is, of course, that it, they know that it's triggered the cancer to grow. So we don't want to fuel the fire of the cancer. So now we have two things that we have to aggressively work on. One is the cancer and the other one is the pain and the, you know, the joint problem that they had to start with. So with respect to the cancer, then, you know, a question that comes up is, well, what did they tell you to do as far as treating your cancer? And in, in many of these cases, this is the answer you get and this is the answer our patient got. Well, what they said is, um, we believe that without the drug, your cancer will go into remission on its own because the drug stimulated the cancer. So we said, well, okay. Um, and, and that's fine because of the type of cancer it was, et cetera. So what we did is we set up um, a treatment protocol using natural medicine to augment the immune system so that the immune system could come back online and not only uh, keep track of the cancer that was there, but kick the cancer out uh, better. And uh, so that was going on concurrently. And then the person was saying, well, you know, I'm in all this pain again uh, because I've got this uh, autoimmune joint problem. And we said, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we have to get after that. We have to do what we can to get after that. Now, if you remember back to that first patient, I was saying, we try to have people not go off of those drugs right away unless they have a real bad effect like cancer. The reason being that you can usually um, transition people to natural therapies to help with these autoimmune conditions, and then you get them off the drug, and it's not so traumatic. In the case of this person where they had to go off because they got cancer from the drug, you go right into their original disease. So now you got cancer and you got autoimmune joint problems. So it's just a horrible double whammy. So what we had to do is we had to really be intense uh, and intentional about our use of things for the immune system on the cancer side. But we also had to do things that were... Uh, helpful from the natural medicine world with respect to the autoimmune joint problems. And that actually was, it worked in the long run, but it was very frustrating because since they went so-called cold turkey off of the immune medication, um, their autoimmune joint disease came back very, very quickly. And so they they had very high level pain, et cetera. So we were doing very aggressive things with uh, natural substances, things like curcumin and boswellia, and uh, many many other things that we're trying to help there. We also discovered that in and amongst everything else, they had uh, a number of hormonal issues, which we certainly talked a lot about on this program. And the hormonal issues were related to not only their uh, 
the hormones that help with inflammation, which as we've talked about before, those are the ones that uh, often become, you know, kind of worn out in people with a lot of pain. So those were not right, but also the hormones that are involved in healing were not right as well. So in their case, that was a big part of getting them better as well, was getting those hormones rebalanced so that they had uh, the benefit of every piece of their body working on being balanced and not inflamed. And what we found is, is kind of like with the person that we first talked about where they had, you know, five or six infections they had picked up. If you have that going on and you don't get rid of the infections, you fuel the fire to the autoimmunity. Well, if your, if your hormonal system is all messed up and out of balance and not working properly, you can't get the pain and the inflammation of the autoimmunity under control because all the natural things inside of your body uh, that help you with the control over um, these uh, the pain generators in autoimmunity are just gone. They're just not there to help you. So kind of like the last person, this, this person uh, said, uh, you know, kind of if you can, uh, tell the short version of the story from the beginning to the end. So we kind of told you the beginning. They came in, they had their original problem, the autoimmune joint disease, the new problem with cancer caused by the drug they were taking for their autoimmunity. And uh, so then we had to go about treating both things. Now, thankfully, what we saw over about a nine-month period was that the cancer markers and the the things that would show that the cancer is either active or quiet kept getting better and better and better. So every three months when we would check, all of the cancer markers improved. When we would check the other things, such as the, the hormonal things for inflammation and repair and all that, they were a little slower to respond, but we eventually got them kind of responding about, you know, month six to nine, got them stable between month, you know, nine to 12. And then the patient started to actually feel better, like their original joint pain and their original joint issues started to turn around. So that was a really good thing. Um, it was still, they were still not out of the woods though, because they had been through so much. They had become so severely fatigued by the cancer, by the therapies, and uh, by the rebound effect of coming off the other medication that it really took them until past the first year before they started to regain their energy. And you see this with people where they're on a, um, a medication that uh, takes away the symptoms but does not really take away the cause of the disease. When they go off of that medication, in this case, they had to because they had cancer. But when they go off, the symptoms come back and it, it literally wears them out. So um, in in this person's case, because they had the combination of the cancer and the other stuff going on, what we did is we worked with them and we actually had them uh, take uh, a uh, a third uh, of a year off of their job and they were on disability 
and that helped them have the time to regenerate. During that time, we also had them see uh, some practitioners who did uh, physical medicine, like we were talking about before, physical therapy, things to get the body moving and working. They were doing uh, acupuncture. They were doing other modalities along the way. And then uh, we worked really hard on the hormonal side of things because the the hormones that generate energy and help with healing and all of that were, as I said, really not right. So then, uh, you know, after about a third of the year being off, we got them back on a partial schedule. And part of this is just you need rest in order to heal. When you have something big hit you, like on top of your autoimmunity, you have cancer, it can really, really take uh, a lot of the reserve out of you, which is which is a very big problem. And so that was a huge part of this person's care. To kind of go to the end of the story, in about a year and three months' time, we're getting ready to have them go totally back to full-time work. They had some pain, but their pain from from the time they went off the drug and it went to let's say that 100%, they were down about 70% less pain than they were in. So they had a lot more functionality. And a lot of that had to do with the natural things they were taking to keep the autoimmunity at level. But the other had to do with the things inside of them that we were working on that were there to keep their uh, system uh, in a healing mode and not in an inflamed mode. And those things on the inside really revolved around uh, the hormonal imbalances that we finally got leveled out. There were some dietary imbalances that we had to work on and we finally got leveled out. And uh, there were a number of other things that we worked on with them over time, including there, I didn't make a whole lot of it in the case, but there was a couple of infections that I cropped up too. And, and as I said, infections, you want to think of the process of your body getting rid of an infection is very inflammatory. So if the infection is there and you don't know it, like a chronic infection, then you have kind of a chronic fire burning. And when you have autoimmunity, uh, that's the last thing that you need is a chronic fire. So we did watch for those. And in addition to the hormonal things and the dietary things and, uh, and uh, all of the other things, we did work very diligently to try and wipe out the infectious uh, component to the case. <clears throat> and so uh, to come kind of full circle, uh, this person is not on the immune blocking drug. Their, uh, cancer has, is in remission. It is no longer active or, or noticeable. And, uh, they are at work full time. And they have, as I said, about 70 to 80% of their pain that was there is now gone if they stay doing the, uh, all of the good things that we set them up to do in the beginning. So, while it's a slow process, you can see that particular one when you add the cancer in is sort of a, it's a wild card, it's a little tougher. But that particular case took two years to really come full circle. The first case I told you took about a year, year and a half. These are complicated cases, but they are not undoable. Um, so if you or you know somebody who, you know, might be on one of these immune blocking drugs or immune modulating drugs and they're getting side effects or infections or God forbid cancer, there are other things that they can do.
Well, it's time for us to go to a break, and then we'll be back, and we'll finish up the show with a few more case stories. We'll be right back. Anderson Medical Specialty Associates is the clinic that Dr. Anderson founded to provide high-quality, integrative medical care to those with cancer and chronic illnesses. In over 20 years of work with this patient population and research into the best practices for treatment, this clinic provides the highest level of care. Their focuses include all types of cancer, autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis and lupus, as well as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and chronic infections such as Lyme and Lyme-like illness. Their only goal is to help each person find the best path to health for their individual needs. Located in Seattle, Washington, visit the clinic website, the number one. Dot com or call the clinic at 206-629-2186. You've listened to the shows on CTR and perhaps you've found yourself thinking, maybe I should host my own show, but I don't know how. It's easier than you think. From the beginning with private coaching sessions to your own live broadcasts, CTR Network will prepare you on every level to share your knowledge, expand your brand, and take your business to the next level. At CTR, we nurture your vision and make it a radio reality. Contact Cameron Steele at 425-221-3646 or Cameron at CTRnetwork.com and put your dream into motion today. Welcome back to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. That's me. I'm Dr. Paul Anderson coming to you today from Anderson Medical Specialty Associates in Seattle, Washington. And I was saying before, we, we have a, a new uh, link, a new URL for our web address to make it easier for people to find us here at Anderson Medical. And it is cancerandchronicdisease.com. So just all three words run together, cancer and chronic disease. Dot com. I guess it's actually four words, uh, and it gets you right to our website for the clinic. So today we're we're uh, sharing case stories or uh, case histories of people with a topic we started last week with our interview on autoimmunity, and in uh, in autoimmunity, as we've talked about, you have your immune system, which is a good thing doing a misguided thing, which is actually attacking you, you somehow. And so we, we talked about uh, two particular cases of these are people that have written in and asked me to share uh, their basic story, just sort of depersonalized so nobody knows who they are. And both of these first two cases uh, revolved around a uh, – a modern approach to autoimmunity, which is a biologic or an immune blocking drug. And then the person developed side effects from it. So they had to stop taking and doing the immune blocking drug. And then we had to do other things to bring them 
uh, back to some kind of health and and symptom stability without that drug. So that was sort of the the crux of those first two. And the first person, their side effects were a lot of infections, which were very much not good. The second person, uh, their side effects, unfortunately, were development of cancer, which can happen with immune drugs as well. And uh, thankfully, their cancer went back into remission with a lot of work uh, that we did with them. And uh, their their autoimmunity uh, is very well controlled, considering how advanced it is. Now, in the last section here, I wanted to just go over a few things uh, about autoimmunity, and you know, kind of try and bring some uh, depth and, and and life to some of these things that you hear about. Um, so the the next one is a, a group of patients, one of our more common autoimmune conditions, especially in the north northern parts of uh the US and parts of Canada, uh and that is multiple sclerosis or MS. So we we have many, many, many patients and there are many in the northwest with uh, MS high high uh propensity for MS in this area in most of the northern parts of the country. And you think, well, why is that? Well, there's many theories about it. Some have to do with vitamin D availability because of less sunlight. We all know it's a little bit darker up north. There's a lot of other ideas about that propensity, but it is a propensity. So if you have a medical practice in the northwest, you've seen plenty of uh, MS patients. So multiple sclerosis has a few different uh uh, pathways that it takes. Uh, and uh, because it's so common, most people know at least one or two people, maybe more, who, who have it or have had it. Basically what it is is you get a, a degeneration because the immune system starts to attack the area uh, around the nerve, the, the lining around the nerve. And um, so then you get these abnormal types of uh, uh, signals that go on. Sometimes people get, uh, they, they call it like a glove or stocking, uh, numbness. So it's, it's sort of like you're wearing a glove making your hands numb, for instance. Um, so that's one, you know, possibility. Sometimes people have trouble saying words. Sometimes they have incoordination. There's all sorts of things that can go on. Now, there's a very rapidly progressing version, which is, less common but much more uh, serious and significant. And so the person with rapidly progressing multiple sclerosis might go from diagnosis all the way to um, being in a wheelchair, for example, uh, within maybe one to three years. The more common case that you see is the slower or remitting and relapsing case that uh, comes on. Usually the person has these funny symptoms that come and go so they, you know, they think, oh, well, it's, that was last week. This week I'm fine. Uh, and then, and then, you know, at some point they go to the doctor and say, look, I, I've been getting numbness, you know, in my right hand and, and my right foot or, you know, my both feet. And, but it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes. And the doctor examines them and says, well, it's, you know, it seems like you feel things now. But with that symptom, we should probably do some checking. And so they usually, they'll send them and uh, you get a brain MRI often or sometimes a spinal taps, you know, sometimes different tests. And basically, if things all add up in a certain way, then you get a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. So 
wanted to, just in the few minutes we have left, kind of talk specifically about MS because it is so common. And um, I, I wanted to relate a case that, um, you know, those first two cases I did were people with different types of autoimmunity, uh, non-neurological autoimmunities, and then they had the drug, you know, side effects that went on. This particular case, and, and those first two cases were, you know, three, four years old at this point. This particular case is 15 years old. So it's sort of, we have a long track record with this one patient, but it's very common. So they were coming in, uh, and they had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and they had a combination of the uh, the numbness. Uh, they had trouble holding on to things periodically, and then they had trouble with uh, word finding. So the bottom line is is that um, they had some some lesions in the brain. They had uh, these these troubles, you know, with the hand coordination, etc. And then they had trouble with bringing up the right words at the right time, and that was not a lifelong problem. They went in, they got a spinal tap, and they got an MRI of their brain, and it all came together. And they said, "Yes, you have MS." Now, because it was early, and um, Things were progressing, but not exceedingly fast. They had come to us and said, you know, is there anything we can do other than these immune drugs? And 15 years ago, these immune drugs were just a very small number of drugs. So it wasn't like as many uh, options as we have now. And so uh, in this case, we said, well, yes, there definitely is. So we looked at the main areas where you wind up having aggravation of the immune system. So if you think about it, if autoimmunity is your is your immune system, which is a good thing, being misguided and beating you up, a piece of you, in this case the nerve linings in the brain, then what we want to do is we want to calm that system down as much as we possibly can. So then you have to step back and you have to think, well, which things would aggravate the immune system and the balance in the body. Well, the big areas, we've talked about many of them, but not all of them. The biggest areas that we see that are at at risk and problems that we have to look at include things such as the hormonal system that we've talked a lot about, chronic infections, that's another one. The general status of the nutrients in the body, for instance, is the person anemic? Do they have low levels of some nutrients and other stuff that are really important? And then another big area is toxic exposure. So toxins sometimes can be obviously, you know, fan the flames of uh, some of these problems that people get. So in this person's case, and again, this is a little bit more than 15 years ago, uh, we, we had the MRI, we had the spinal tap, we had all those diagnostic things. We checked and we checked them for, uh, heavy metal toxicity. We checked them for nutrient status and were they anemic? Did they have anything that was, you know, low or not working right? Uh, we checked the hormonal status and the hormonal balance in the body. And uh, then we check for chronic infections. So we we kind of did a, a across the board. Let's look under all of the major rocks that we need to turn over to find, um, you know, whether or not there's any of these aggravating factors there. And indeed, in this person's case, 
they had uh, a couple of chronic infections, so that was not helping them at all. They had um, the presence of uh, a couple of metals on their testing, heavy metals, and heavy metals are very aggravating to the immune system. They're very toxic. They're very inflammatory, et cetera. They're, you know, they just don't, uh, they're, they're not good for you all the way around. And then when we looked at the hormonal situation, that was also way out of balance in a very inflammatory manner. Now, when we looked at the nutritional status, et cetera, the person was just mildly anemic. So they were a little bit anemic, and they were a little bit depleted, but that was nothing that couldn't be helped by addressing their diet and, and absorption of nutrients. So we talked to the person, and we said, look, you you have multiple sclerosis based on your diagnosis, your diagnostic criteria, but it doesn't have to be fueled fully so we don't have to fan the flames of the disease. So we may or may not be able to take away the multiple sclerosis, but we can most probably get rid of all of these imbalances and toxic things in your system and uh, take down a lot of the triggers for this autoimmune condition. So we set about, and it, this again is one of those stories that took about a year uh, to a year and a half to get the person very, very stable. And um, the progression of things was we worked on the the uh, what we felt were the things that would most quickly turn around and also most quickly uh, improve the uh, background healing mechanisms in the body. So the hormonal things that were not right, they had a thyroid problem, and the thyroid problem uh, leads to a lot of low metabolism issues like that. And so that was something that had to be fixed. They had an imbalance in between uh, their estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. And if those are imbalanced, that can lead to a very inflammatory state. Um, and so that, again, is something that we had to work on. And you can't just do that overnight. We had to you know, work on the thyroid and work on the reproductive hormones intently. Normally, when you have all those things going on, you have some uh, liver things. You want to keep the liver working really well. So we worked with that more with her diet uh, and herbal things. Then speaking of the diet, the diet uh, had devolved to uh, kind of a very high sugar diet, and that's never uh, a very good thing when you have autoimmunity or any other inflammatory problem. So uh, we counseled the patient. We got the patient uh, to move away from uh, a comfort diet, I call it, to to a, uh, a moderate protein, uh, good fats. Uh, as you know, there's good and bad fats you can have in your diet, and uh, a lot of vegetable material, a lot of fiber, and you know that sort of thing. And so, what you wind up with in that situation is you decrease the inflammation from the diet, you increase the nutrition, and that started to happen. We also got the <clears throat> hormones balanced over that beginning time. Now, the person didn't have as many infections as the first person we talked about today, but this, this person had a chronic uh, fungal infection and then one chronic bacterial infection that had probably been there for quite a while because these are things that have 
sometimes no symptoms and sometimes very low symptoms such as um, uh, fatigue or, you know, these things you don't think of with an infection. And so we dealt with those infections. That took about four months to do that. It took about four or five months to get the hormones settled down. And the diet was an ongoing process. Once we got a lot of that work done, then we started to work on the heavy metals that we had discovered. And we did some detoxification with the patient. We went through a detoxification process. And then basically your goal at that point is to do detoxification that is persistent and ongoing. And what we saw was is that over that first year, and again, these these cases take time to go on, but over that first year, uh, the incoordination decreased, the speech ability increased, the numbness feeling decreased in frequency. And by the second year, the person had very, very little uh, residual symptom picture. So they were getting their words 95% of the time. They had hand-in coordination almost never. They would get periodic numbness in the hand, but very little. And the most important thing is they did not progress. So we kept going with the diet things. We kept going with the balancing of the hormones and all. We kept an eye on the infections and uh, the the metals and the detoxing. We did that kind of chronically over the next few years. But they stayed very symptom-free. So we checked in with the patient periodically, and this is 15 years later. And the really nice silver lining to it is the person never had to go on one of the immunologic or immune-blocking medications. And they have been stable without progression of their disease. Now, do they have MS? Sure, they have MS. Has it progressed? No. In fact, it's less impactful than when they were first diagnosed. So these sorts of things can happen. One of the points of these stories today is that these are kind of common things we see. These drugs people get put on are common, but also the diseases are common. And the other thing is is that when you have them, if you're going to explore uh inputting natural and integrative medicine to try and get your disease state lower and lower, then what you want to do is you want to uh, remember that a natural medicine approach is a very holistic approach, and that can take a number of months before it kicks in and starts working. And that's a very, very important thing to keep in mind when you have autoimmunity or any other chronic illness. It is uh, a it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you have to be in it to go through these stages and go through these steps of fixing all these various issues slowly and surely over time. Well, we're coming to the end of our program time. This is Dr. Paul Anderson, Anderson Medical Specialty Associates, cancerandchronicdisease.com. We will be back with you in one week's time with another radio program. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'll see you all in one week. You've been listening to Medicine and Health with all your right. host, Dr. Paul okay. Anderson. Visit the clinic website at www.amsa1.com or call the clinic at 206-629-2186.